Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 56 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, it's over. The season's over. The grand finals are over. We have a champion, and it is the San Francisco Shock, like we both predicted, uh, in a nice 4-0 fashion. Is there some sort of curse here, Joe, that the grand finals are just never close? Will it ever be broken? Yeah, that's the question. I mean, to, to talk about a nice 4-0 fashion, like, was it even really nice? It was, <laughs> it was, uh, uh, you know, on the face of it, pretty brutal, it felt like. But, uh, but yeah, oh, no, yeah. It, it was super good, super good. Yeah, I, I think it was still enjoyable, and there were still points in the match where i i legitimately was like oh here's the here's the time where vancouver turns it up and they're gonna win this map and it's gonna be a close series there were multiple points i feel like on multiple maps where i where i legitimately was like oh this is vancouver's time but then san francisco was like you're wrong you're wrong john (laughs) you're you're so stupid you're so dumb why would you think that um but yeah uh i guess before we get into anything else because there's a bunch of i mean maybe we should go in chronological order um because it started off with a nice watch point into a zed performance what do you think of let's we, me and joe obviously overwatch league experts maybe we're music experts too uh, what do you think of the zed performance maybe in comparison to dj khaled last year what do you think? yeah yeah, I was gonna say it certainly seemed uh, more well received than DJ Khaled. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that and the other thing, um, sort of notable, other than the music about that performance, was uh, um, that they had a, a Widowmaker skin that they had designed, like with his logo, apparently. Uh, that I didn't notice the first time, but somebody on Reddit pointed out. So I went back and looked, and like in one of the like intro graphics before he walked out, it, w- it was a Widowmaker skin that. I guess was new, and so people were saying, "Oh, oh, we ought to be able to buy that, buy that skin." And who knows if that'll be possible or not. But uh, yeah. well, that was kind of cool. And and he played, and there was some, what Katy Perry, I think, uh, was <laughs> one of the songs I recognized. But uh, yeah, it's cool. I was actually watching um, this whole event. We had a watch party on campus uh, uh, mm. through uh, Tespa. Shout out to our our collegiate esports friends at Tespa. Nice. Uh, so that's kind of cool that we had a, a group of us together. Uh, we yeah. did like we did like match predictions and they had giveaways and stuff. It was nice. Cool, nice. You'll have to you'll have to give us some some perspective, some reactions from the from the watch party. How people react to certain things. How'd they react to Zed? Did everyone like Zed in the room? Uh I mean, people were sort of still trickling in at that point. I mean, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it seemed to be, seemed to be good. Yeah, I mean same sort of thing but better than better than dj khaled and it sounded like people because i never really i didn't like know he existed um uh, mm. but it sounded like you know people were aware of him um and stuff so that's good yeah so it's, it's a pretty low bar but but no i think it, it was good <laughs> it was good at least they knew he existed um, yeah yeah i'm still I'm still always weirded out by like DJ type concerts, if you know what I mean. Like I'm still always weirded out by some dude on a stage just like playing a song, basically just like pressing play on a song and everyone's like supposed to get hype. 
Like, that feels weird to me. I like when he brought out, um, I forget who the singer's name was, but he brought out a singer eventually. I like that part. Um, still felt awkward at times, but I think it's mainly because no one's, no one's there to see a concert. Everyone's there to watch Overwatch, so... No one's, no one's like all out like usually at concerts people are like intoxicated and down <laughs> to like just down to just dance dance like crazy you know yeah the question is did they ever push the the bud light payload so that they could be drinking i assume they did <laughs> I, yeah i think they did i think someone tweeted some i think someone on philly tweeted about the bud light payload i think it was poco maybe tweeted an ad about the bud light payload Oh yeah. Um, for those for those of you who weren't aware, they had um, like an actual truck of Bud Light, I guess, that parked like at the opposite end of a parking lot from from the venue. And they're like, "Well, it's the Bud Light payload, and so we have to get people to come push it to the venue so that we can have beer at the venue." <laughs> <laughs> and I and I guess a bunch of people just pushed a truck across a parking lot. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Bud Light's like you gotta work for your, gotta work for the beer, guys. Um, <laughs> everyone's just super upset. Like, can we just have the beer anyways? Why do we have to push this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, you had Zed instead of DJ Khaled as someone who was at the, at the Brooklyn one and <laughs> watched DJ Khaled and it was the most hilarious moment of my life. Uh, glad to see something a little more serious this time around. Um, and Zed even, Zed even showed up on Watchpoint halftime show and, which was actually a halftime because <laughs> yeah. there were only four maps. Um, but yeah, and we were in Philly. We were I, so let's just talk Philly in general, Joe. You're a Philly fan. There are lots of fusion fans in the in the in the crowd too. Um, but what'd you think of Philly? What'd you think of the arena? I mean, it was it was full, obviously. Um, what'd you think of the fans? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was set up. Um pretty similar from the way i understand to uh, grand finals last year which was nice um and obviously it wasn't in the fusion arena which there was only like a week before grand finals that they broke ground on it which was kind of cool mm-hmm. um so that's obviously in the works uh, but yeah same sort of thing giant screen big stage golden boy <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they had uh um <laughs> there was somebody somebody in the watch party i guess who hadn't watched um or was like wasn't a regular overwatch league viewer but i, I think he was on our overwatch team but like he just um doesn't watch overwatch league very regularly um and he was like wow that dude is like uh i, I forget what he said but he commenting about uh, uber's outfit for the day <laughs> he, was, he was like super stylish you know yeah uh with I forget what all what all fancy stuff he was wearing, but I'm sure it was an Uber outfit. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and obviously the the people seemed pretty hype. I mean, this was uh, in lots of ways going into the match, it seemed like a better finals than last year's finals seemed. Um, I think it's fair to say. I forget what the score was for for London v Philly in this last or in the last game. It was last year, but game one was three to one. Game two was three to zero. Um, Oh, right. Because did they play two in a row? They played. So on the first day, they played the first game. The second day, they played the second game. There were two days. Um, Oh, yeah. Because then they were going to do the third if they needed it also on the second day. Yeah, exactly. I think I remember that. Yeah. 
so yeah so there, there was your two-day event but yeah um but but yeah so even you know in terms of competition wise it was at least a little bit more exciting <laughs> the, the first year because uh both teams won a map but uh but it, yeah i mean it seemed like a good thing to me yeah um yeah as far as the matchup goes i think going into it we both agreed like this was gonna be this i mean we we titled our last episode the 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 final grand finals matchup we deserve um and i th- i thought it would have i thought it would have gone further than four maps but san francisco is really that good um they're really that good uh yeah i mean going in going into the maps i mean once once so vancouver they talked about it like crazy on the watchpoint pre-show uh, undefeated on control in playoffs just such a good team on control Joe, what were you thinking when San Francisco Shock 2-0'd them on control? I mean, um, it seems like it all started on, on Lishan Control Center when Vancouver came out running Brig. I mean, and not to say that not to say that Brig is like a bad pick necessarily um, in the meta, and I mean, but I mean, looking at the playoffs that we came out of, this was the same patch, um, obviously for Grand Finals as it was for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, and I mean, the, you don't see Brig yeah, <laughs> and I, I think there's probably a reason for that. Uh, I, I mean, the the obvious uh, sort of the, the obvious answer is that well, they were just that um, concerned about, for example, the Doomfist um, uh, from San Francisco Shock. Uh, you know that they want to have that that kind of control there. Um, but yeah, to have and I forget which of the four players was playing break, but um, it, it was an interesting choice for sure. But um, uh, but yeah, there was some back and forth on the control maps, but when when Shock won, they won decisively. Um, I, I think it's, it's definitely fair to say that, again. Two on two o on the map, they played Control Center and Gardens, I believe. No, they played Control Center and Night Market. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean after after that control win for San Francisco, I was. I was scared um, that this was going to be 4-0 because uh, Vancouver just just wasn't losing on control uh, until then. That was the first time we saw it. So uh, I, was, I was pretty scared. And it didn't end up going 4-0. And then you had, because um, Monte Cristo earlier in the week tweeted that it was going to be 4-0 San Francisco. Everyone was upset, of course. They were like, no, like Vancouver's so good. This is going to be seven maps. Um and then right after right after this control map monte cristo was tweeting like uh-oh like this is probably actually going to happen <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was only i was only pretending to be the 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 i don't even know what the word the, the, the bad guy with my predictions <laughs> and like uh-oh i, I didn't didn't realize this. didn't expect to be right <laughs> not good um but yeah what was the map what did what map did they play next after lejang was yeah. uh eichenwald's eichenwald uh, yes eichenwald um and this map san francisco got off to like a blazingly fast start um and vancouver I was, <laughs> I was like, uh oh. But Vancouver also had a very good offense. I mean, 
Yeah, it, it was, this one was another close map that that literally just like it came down to um, to extra time. The, another push for both the teams and San Francisco came out on top again. Um, I mean, I think this map uh, kind of like Volskaya again from from uh, uh, last season's Grand Finals uh, between Philly and London. I mean, I think this map, if anything, is the map that people are going to remember. Um, and so I, I guess in in uh, during the season we did like, well, this is the game of the week. You should go rewatch. This is the map of the week. You should go rewatch. Um, is is I can walk San Francisco versus Vancouver. I mean. Uh, just thinking about you know, specific plays that I can still recall. I mean, that says something about uh, about the quality of the map. But whether it was the, um, I believe it was Twilight's Anna and, Ros- and Rascal's Faro um, that killed each other simultaneously. Um, the, the it was a, a, a midair anti nade from Twilight that hit Rascal after he fired a rocket. And so he died while the rocket was in the air, and then it landed on Twilight and killed Twilight. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's insane. Um, or um, we're also awarding our own uh, Grand Finals MVP picks this week, um, and so I'm gonna give uh, my Grand Finals MVP. Obviously, the real one was uh, Choi Yobin. Uh, but my uh, my award is gonna go to Architect. Uh, he played some Bastion on the. Uh, San Francisco attack on Eichenwald, <laughs> and so I, I'm giving him uh, uh, the MVP here purely because of the uh, Chandelier Bastion move that, that he pulled uh, uh, on point three of uh, San Francisco's San Francisco's attack, and you just, you got to go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. But uh, using some rocket jumps from uh, Bastion tank mode to get up on top uh, of the Chandelier, mm. and then just wrecking face it was great. So good, so good. Uh yeah, just seeing up on the chandelier, I was like, "There's <laughs> Vancouver has has lost this defense. There's no way. <laughs> There's just no way they're gonna get this guy." I read a like post match interview or something um, that they said apparently uh, the the plan was to have like a May wall to boost him up or something. But apparently he's just like, nah, I've got all I can do it myself. <laughs> don't don't waste the wall on me. That's a <laughs> that's a huge resource. We can't waste that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> instead, he used his ultimate <laughs> to do it. Um, but yeah, fantastic. Um, so just like such a fun. It came down to to the wire on this map and this was the map where i was like oh vancouver's gonna turn it up here when san francisco won i was like okay 2-0 now uh not looking not looking too good for a close match here we're we're i'm hoping vancouver could pull out a map sometime here but yeah this was definitely i agree with you this was the volskaya of this is the one i i'm going to remember most because it was just so darn close um but yeah, after that, we got a nice little halftime show with Zed on it, uh, an actual halftime show. And then uh, we moved on to Temple of Anubis, which was yeah. also close. <laughs> um, Funny how that works. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm at least glad. I know it was 4-0, but I'm at least glad all these maps were close. I'm at least glad we got some. I we I had moments where I thought Vancouver was, was going to pull out a map win. So Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we haven't. Um, like explicitly said that yet, but this this wasn't um you, you know this wasn't a stomping 
because Vancouver was bad. <laughs> I think this was just um, as as not close as it was, just because San Francisco was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and and like you said, you know, they did get get lucky at, at times, but uh, but but yeah, another really good map um, in Anubis, uh, obviously ending on a, a point B hold there. But and in fact, weren't um, it was some pretty long overtimes, whatnot, or something that. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, one side or the other was attacking, um, and had to had to spend a long time clearing off B or something, as I recall. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just oh, I mean, it's just the same as this. This I feel like every map felt the same to me. Every map was like, Vancouver was like almost there. You know, they were, they were, yeah. j- just this close to 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 taking a map they were just this close to to finally making this a series but san francisco as you're saying san francisco just turned up after they lost to atlanta they just have been on another level they're so good their roster's insane and they finally were like yeah we are obviously the best team we have the best depth we have the best coach we have the best players like and they forrowed it um, and it, yeah, it finished off on watch point Gibraltar where Vancouver just couldn't finish the map like San Francisco could got close again, but they couldn't do it. Um, it. And we have the the clip from the very end of the map with again, architect bastion, uh, sitting, sitting behind a, a Baptiste alt and just, uh, suppressive fire on the payload as, as nobody can touch. Yep, exactly. Um, man, God, just. I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I knew both of us predicted San Francisco. I knew going into this, I think San Francisco is going to win. But just seeing him win was, was a moment for me, Jay, because I was like, this team, I, I like, I love all the players on San Francisco. They're all super funny, like down to earth, hardworking dudes. Um, and it, it was great to see all of them just, just so happy for their victory and, and see him get to hold that trophy up, put those sweet jackets on, and yeah, I, I, I think I don't think there's anyone more deserving. Clearly, I, I don't think this is a fluke at all. I don't even care that there was no bracket reset necessary. I, if there was, I think San Francisco would have four-owed him again. Yeah, so. it's certainly not. Uh, uh, this is it certainly would have maintained the momentum all the way through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about Vancouver, Joe? Because obviously, San Francisco, the champion. Vancouver, the runners-up. Anything to say about their season overall, their effort overall, where they are as a team? Yeah, I guess on this match, um, you know, sort of going into it, we we knew uh, first map was going to be Vancouver's pick, uh, and and so sort of the the strategy that um, all the analysts were were talking about that if you're Vancouver, you go into map one. Um, and you, you've got to win your map pick. And if you can do that every single time, you win 4-3 in seven maps <laughs> if you just keep winning your own map picks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it, and, you know, that's what a lot of people, like you said, we, we, we expected to go to seven maps. We expected it to be really close. Um, but yeah, right after <laughs> right after map one um, and, and Vancouver doesn't come out of Li Sheng with a win, I mean, that's sort of where... Um, I won't say that's where the match was lost, but that's where, you know, we might have had a a little inkling in the back of 
of the minds of, of Vancouver, their fans, you know, that uh, this, something's got to change here. But yeah, all the way through, I mean, um, it, it was, and I won't say it was the Bastion, but it was certainly certainly part of it was the Bastion that they, they didn't seem super comfortable um, playing against. Um, again, particularly Eichenwald, particularly Gibraltar. Uh, um, and I don't know exactly why that is. I mean, I guess maybe because they played fewer matches in the playoffs. I mean, that's I'm sure that's not the only answer, but um, it kind of makes you wonder what effect that might have had. But I, I, but I mean, this is a great team. It's like we said, they had the best record like um, individually in the regular season, and they had all this stuff. Won the Pacific Division, um, and it's just sort of. Uh, I don't know if it's ironic or, or fitting or what that uh, it's this particular Vancouver Titans squad um, second again in finals. You know they <laughs> they finally had their their contenders win uh, last year, but not quite yeah. enough for Overwatch League season two. Yep, unfortunately, um, I expect this team to Vancouver to be competing next year and San Francisco. So uh, we'll see if there's another rematch if we just continue the storyline of this season. The writers would be pretty lazy if that happened, right, Joe? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, the Bastion in finals is gives gives my gives my teammates in gold another reason to say, "Hey, Bastion's very good, and that's why I'm playing him. Um, he's OP." Go. So yeah, I, it it was overall a, a fun finals. Obviously, we would have all liked Vancouver to at least pull out a map so we could just get more. Um, more than just four maps. Any anything more than four maps is nice, but it was the result I expected. And congrats to San Francisco. Uh, it's been it's been a heck of a year. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anything else? I mean, I guess I need to say my MVP, which is boring. It's just the same MVP that they gave out. I think they were very right. I think Choi Obin deserves it. Um, so yeah, I'm also giving it to Troy Oban. I am bandwagoning and saying that Troy Oban deserves it. Which he did. Uh, it's true. Yeah, he he did he did pretty good. Um, I'm glad they gave it to Troy instead of Sinatra because I think Troy Oban deserves a little bit more there, a little bit more recognition. So I'm glad he got it. Um, yeah. Anything else to say about this grand finals? Obviously, it was big, but anything else? Uh, I guess not much comes to mind. We saw Jeff. Jeff. Jeff said something at the end, I think, or was that only at uh, the end of playoffs? I forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Jeff was Jeff was out there. Um, I saw I th- a bunch of people on Reddit also posted pictures of Jeff in the crowd. He was like in the upper deck, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird for. <laughs> weird for the creator of the game to just like decide to have one of the worst seats in the house he's he's just like yeah i, I want to sit up here i want to be able to touch the sky yeah <laughs> look out all over the uh over the whole crowd of people yeah <laughs> everything the light touches is directly affected by you <laughs> exactly <laughs> um yeah Je- i mean grand finals wow Next, maybe next week we should we should uh, look back on the season a little bit in some way, Joe. Maybe some awards, maybe some some of our favorite moments, stuff like that. Yeah. 
Um, because I, yeah, it is sad. It's hitting me now. Like, like it always does when we record a podcast. It hits me emotionally when, <laughs> when sad things like this happen. The season's ending. It's over. Um, but that doesn't mean the podcast is on an off season, Joe. We still got stuff to talk about. Um, Absolutely. And we got a lot. We got a good amount of news. For example, Joe the Patchman, you're returning here with a PTR patch 1.41, which is a good, a nice little PTR patch. They're finally making changes. Joe, let's get into it. It's true, and it's actually been a bit. Um, I gotta pull this up here. It's got. It's been a bit since this has come out. Uh, looks like September 24th. So, but we didn't have a show last week. So. That's why we're talking about it now. So maybe you've had a bunch of time playing it already, but that's okay. We're going to briefly go over the stuff that is on it. Uh, first thing it says, patch 1.41 is a remaster and will require a relatively large download for all platforms. We don't really know what that means. <laughs> I don't know um, if they're just describing it that way because there were like so many balance changes. Um, I've seen some articles sort of talking about it that way. Um, or if that they've actually physically done something to like the game um, structure itself th- to make it somehow better or something. Um, but it's a remaster, apparently. So that's cool, I guess. <laughs> uh, but then there were balance changes to... I forget the number, but it's like more than half of the heroes um, in the roster, which is exciting. So we'll do that briefly. So starting alphabetically with... This is alphabetically by tank or by role. Yeah, alphabetically by role. Uh, starting with Diva. Uh, so Defense Matrix got a buff. Regeneration rate increased from 12.5% to 16% per second. Uh, which so it takes it goes from like eight seconds to fully recharge to six seconds to fully recharge. Um, and the delay before recharge begins has been lowered from one second to three quarters of a second. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, DM got a bit of a buff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's nice. Uh, Orisa got nerfed very, very slightly. Or, well, maybe not slightly, but uh, her barrier now has a cooldown uh, increased from 9 seconds to 10 seconds. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it may maybe not, maybe not be so slight, but uh, uh, a little bit of a, a nerf there to get potentially some other tanks into Orisa's. Uh, spotlight. Uh, Roadhog got a buff. Uh, his scrap gun ammo, which is just his gun ammo, increased from five to six. Uh, so you can, and that's left clicks or right clicks, you know, combined, just like the way his gun works now. Uh, Sigma got several changes. Kinetic grasp uh, no longer blocks chain hook and whip shot, uh, which I think is primarily for consistency because I believe that's the way defense matrix works as well. Uh, so you can still hook him out of it now. You can whip shot. Uh, I don't know if that would stun him out of kinetic grasp or not, but it at least gives him the knockback still. Uh, Gravitic Flux, the ultimate. Uh, the high gravity effect duration reduced from 1.2 to 0.9 seconds, uh, which I believe refers to the effect after you've been slammed down, assuming you didn't die, um, before you can start moving properly again. Uh, so it's a little bit of a shorter stun, essentially, which is which is nice. And then the experimental barrier regeneration rate reduced from 175 to 150 per second, uh, which apparently is now on the scale of Reinhardt's shield regeneration. Um, obviously, his shield is 2,000 health, and I believe regenerates at 200 per second. Um, 
Sigmus is 1500 and regenerates at 150 per second, so essentially it takes 10 seconds um, to fully recharge both of those shields now. And in fact, now that I think about it, Orissa's cool, uh, shield cooldown is also 10 seconds. Mm. So that's like consistent now. So that's something. Nice. Consistency. I love it. Yeah. Um, the barrier now also has a one second cooldown after you recall the barrier. Uh, so you can recall it and then you can't put it out again for a full second. And its initial cast time has been removed. Uh, which I really should have gone in to see how that feels. Because I imagine that feels amazing. Because that was one of the things that I thought was sort of clunky about Sigma when I first played him on the PTR. Was that you have to like hold down your, your right click or whatever for just a little bit longer than it feels like is necessary to actually get his shield out. Otherwise he just sort of waves, waves his hand and nothing happens. Yeah. Um, but that initial cast time has been removed, so presumably you can just single-click your your right mouse button, and that'll be like deployed right where you are, which is cool. Nice. Love this. I love these sigma changes. Great changes. Absolutely. Uh, Winston got a buff. His uh, barrier projector, which is his bubble shield, uh, duration increased from six to nine seconds, um, and health increased from six hundred to seven hundred. Um, so obviously. Uh, if you're you're putting down your bubble in a place where it'll just immediately break, the health increase from 600 to 700 isn't really that much, um, and and so you won't notice the duration buff so much. Um, but um, so, so the theory goes, this is better for if you want to put your shield in places where it won't receive as much direct damage, but potentially can block um, some uh, places where like line of sight is necessary. Um, whether like you're gonna dive in Ana, uh, or, or something in the, the opponent's backline, and obviously you you can still personally use it to shield dance around and stuff, but also it'll stay up longer and prevent the Ana um, from healing her team, which is important. Um, so yeah, and the duration it's actually you know like a fifty percent increase, which is significant, but so it'll last nine seconds now. Uh, we'll get into the support heroes, um, again, alphabetically, uh, within the role. So Baptiste's immortality, immortality field health decreased from 250 to 200, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but uh, there are several things that do, uh, like 120 damage that used to take three of those um, to, kill the, to kill the lamp, and now it only takes two. Uh, things like Widow, uh, fully charged shots, um, uh, dragon blade swings, uh, far rockets, I guess. Junkrat, junkrat nades, I guess. Although I don't know why you would use either of those two heroes to kill immortality field. But uh, there's some damage breakpoints changed there. Uh, Lucio got several changes. Uh, so his crossfade, um, which is the his the aura that he has, the speed boost effect has been increased from 20 to 25 percent, uh, presumably on his team and on himself. So that's kind of cool. Amp it up, speed boost amplification increased from 50 to 60%. Uh, so basically all of Lucio's speed um, effects for his team have been increased, but his wall, his wall ride speed buff was reduced from 40% to 30%, so uh, he himself, uh, based on his wall ride, is actually a little bit slower, mm. or based on the speed he gets from his wall ride. Yeah, well, I, I like this change a lot, because last time I played Lucio, I was like, why is he so slow now? This is so boring. And I got bored of playing Lucio, which is interesting. So I'm glad that they're increasing a little bit because I do think it was a bit slow and just felt a bit meh 
So, that's nice. Okay. Uh, Mercy got sort of a... I mean, it, it's kind of a buff, I guess. I don't know how uh, uh, how significant it is. Mercy, uh, Valkyrie, her ultimate, the uh, all of the beams created by Valkyrie, because obviously you can affect your whole team. Um, now ignore enemy barriers. So in the past, if you uh, were being healed by a Valkyrie beam and uh, passed through an enemy barrier, um, it operates the same as like a line of sight check, uh, as like if you went behind a wall, so it would hang on you for a second or two, and then it would go away. Uh, but now that's not the case, and so she can heal straight through the enemy barrier um, while she's ulting, which is kind of nice. And then Moira, the last support, uh, her self-healing from her, um, I guess, right-click uh, biotic grasp uh, has been reduced from 30 to 20 health per second. Um, so she's a little bit less tanky in duels, yeah. or I guess not I guess not tanky, but like sustain E, I guess. Yeah, sustain -y. Uh, it's definitely yeah, it's <laughs> uh, So that's the thing, and that's the supports. And then we've got obviously several DPS heroes. So starting with Doomfist, uh, Doomfist Rocket Punch. Time to reach max charge increased from one to one point four seconds. Um, so it just charges more slowly, essentially. And so you're you're sitting there for a longer time, making a weird noise and <laughs> walking and walking very slowly. <laughs> Uh, if you want to do a max charge punch, which uh, obviously that's not always the best course of action either. So True. Um, and his passive, uh, the best defense, dot dot dot, which is I think the only ability name that has punctuation in it, which is interesting. Uh, his shield health gain per hit reduced from 35 to 30. Um, so the same sort of thing gets a little bit uh, less tanky as he goes through and, and does damage with his abilities. Yes. Uh, yeah. So then we go to Sombra. Our translocator cooldown increased from four to six seconds, um, but the cooldown now begins immediately upon deploying the beacon, or if it is killed by an enemy. So basically, um, I, when did it when did it begin before? <laughs> wait, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly, but because the way it used to work is. You yeah, because the way it used to work is you put down your translocator and it just sits there and there's no cooldown. Oh. And, and then you run away and then you use the translocator and then there's a four second cooldown gotcha. before you can deploy before you can like put it down again. But now you put it down and you know hit invisibility and start running away and immediately there's a six second cooldown. Um, and then you can go back to it and if it's six seconds later you can immediately put one down. Um, I, I think you can still teleport back to it immediately, but you just can't put it down again until six seconds. Um, and then, but or if it is killed by an enemy, um, I don't know. Cause if it's killed by an enemy, it would already have been put down, and so the cooldown would already be going on. So I'm not entirely sure what that part means. Yeah, me neither. This is but, this is this wording is weird. I feel like this is this is one we would need to go test. Yeah, but in general, you'll have actually a little bit more uptime on your your translocator, even though it doesn't look like it, which is kind of nice. Uh, Symmetra got several changes. Uh, Photon barrier—that's her ultimate. I had to think for a while and try to figure out what ability that actually was, because her normal shield ability got um, changed, obviously, with rework, but. 
Uh, photon barriers are ultimate now. Uh, its duration has been reduced from 15 to 12 seconds, and its health reduced from 5,000 to 4,000. Which basically doesn't matter, because if you're going to deal that kind of damage, I mean... I guess it gives... A, it gives... I never see it, like, killed. But it gives people a better <laughs> yeah. chance to kill it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You don't usually see... Oh, the shield's up. Better break it and deal five thousand. Deal five thousand damage. Exactly. But but now you can deal four thousand, so it's less. Yeah. Uh, Sandry turret damage per second reduced from fifty to forty. Uh, it's a little bit of a nerf there. And then her photon projector—that's the primary fire. Uh, players impacted by the primary fire beam should now hear a louder impact sound. So that's kind of nice that you actually know if you're being microwaved. Hmm. Always enjoy knowing that. Oh yeah. And then finally, Tracer, uh, her uh, regular pulse pistols, that's just her primary fire gun, damage fall off, now starts at 13 meters, up from 10, uh, which is notable because, in fact, um, I think it was a, a Jane, I saw a video, who tested it, and in fact, uh, the fall off now starts at 13 meters and ends at like 23 or 26 meters instead of 20. Um, so basically you can do more damage from farther away basically universally up to 20 or 23 meters finally a tr finally a tracer buff tracer's just been like left in the dust i feel like ever since ghosts was a thing well because she sucked at killing tanks yeah um so so nice to see a tracer buff again yeah when it's interesting if you're of the school of thought i don't know if it was ever explicitly said by a dev because it might have been just before uh, before I even got into the game, which was like fall of 2017, but uh, I don't know if it was ever even explicitly said, but I, I think there's some people who've sort of um, gone with the impression that Tracer was supposed to be like the measuring stick um, around which all the other heroes are balanced, um, just because, and I think partly just because how um, infrequently she got changes, but um, uh, so, so yeah, notably that there's just a straight buff here is interesting. Uh, if you're of that school of thought, I guess. Yeah, I guess that means every other hero is too OP. <laughs> or, or something, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, some bug fixes too, notably uh, Briggs Rally now checks line of sight from her head instead of from her feet, which is important. Um, and uh, really should have been that way the whole time, <laughs> which is why it was a bug. Uh, also, Inspire's position being affected by the player's aim pitch. I've seen this demonstrated on Lucio also. That, like, depending on where you're aiming, um, the size, or not the size, but, like, the positioning of his his aura would actually change. So, like, if you looked up or something, it would go further ahead of you mm. than if you looked down. Uh, so, I, I assume it's a similar sort of thing with Inspire, but in theory, that sounds like it's been fixed. Um... Yeah, same thing with EMP, it looks like. Uh, fix the bug with EMP's position being affected by the player's aim pitch. Um, and then there was a, a bug with Doomfist that allowed him to meteor strike out of Graphitic Flux before taking impact damage. Uh, which is basically a nerf, kind of. I mean, if we're, if we're seeing lots of Doomfist being played against Sigma, um, you're, you're a lot more likely to get the best of that 1v1. And granted, I don't know if you would solo gravitic flux of doomfist but uh in a situation where he was in a gravitic flux he's actually guaranteed to take damage now so uh so that's that ptr patch and it's been up for like a week and a half or or since 24th so 
yeah, a week and a half. Yeah, so it's probably going to be live pretty soon. Uh, yeah, that's uh, finally changes, Joe. Finally, some changes. Nice to see. Um, they they do need to they need they need to have these PTR patches more often. We need some more changes more often, especially with the state the game's in. Um, and that and that big change they made recently it was called roll lock, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I think they mentioned that they were they had to. They had to make some changes to the heroes because of it, but uh, they kind of forgot for a bit there, I think. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe we'll get more. I mean, um, I, I don't think necessarily that they're done. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, we have, it's barely been the off-season, Joe, but we already have off-season moves from these teams. And that gets me excited. Specifically one from London that's pretty insane. But um, let's start with Washington first. Where Wizard, Wizard the, main, the money ball man, Joe, the genius, has been dropped. Um, and all of the coaching staff for Washington has been dropped, actually. Um, I believe. That is all of them, right, Joe? As far as I know, yeah. Um, so yeah, Washington, uh, I mean, Washington had a good end to their season, but clearly it seems as though they knew the weak spot and it was, it was the coaching staff, Joe, um, wizard young gone. He's, he was a genius, but the Washington, maybe Washington just couldn't pay him what he wanted, Joe, because he's too much of a genius. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and, and notably part of this uh, news topic is that we've heard uh, specifically from a couple couple Washington players that they are at least allowed to look for other opportunities and are doing so. Uh, notably Ark and Sleepy, uh, the part of the support line there for Washington. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you what do you think about this after? I mean, specifically after like after the end of the season here. I would think that towards the bottom of the standings, Washington wouldn't be the first team making moves out of the offseason, out of the gate, because they finally were coming together. They finally looked like a like a good team, a team that would be fine next year with roll lock in place because their DPS was so good. Um, <laughs> what do you what do you take of this? Because now they drop their whole coaching staff, but also some players are like, you know, that end of the season thing. I'm just gonna ignore it, and I kind of want to leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's part of it, but I mean, uh, I don't know if we can really just assume that uh, the, that the the stage four was more than just like a meta that happened to be really good for, I mean, Corey in particular, let's be honest. Uh, I think that was, that was a, a take that Bren had that I think I agree with. Um, that that you can't... That just because DC had a good stage four, I, I don't think it's automatically means that they're like just good suddenly. Uh, which, which, I mean, I think obviously they had, they had the chance to improve and all that and, and had a really great stage. Um, and I think they're definitely going to be better next year than uh, than this year. But yeah, it, it does start with these kind of changes, even despite um, even despite that good uh, good stage. I think. Yeah, um, and I think 
I mean, obviously, Ark was there because Wizard was there. They both, this was the the foundation of Washington. So I think it makes sense if Ark wants to look for other opportunities at this point. Um, Sleepy also, Sleepy was traded there, right? By San Francisco, I think. From Shock, yeah, it sounds right. Um, or maybe, or, or quote unquote traded, like he was sold probably or something. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, traded for money. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's what I always say when I'm selling things. I trade things for money. Um, but yeah, that's Sleepy. I mean, both of these players, I think Ark was there for Wizards, so he would want to move on. Sleepy maybe didn't even want to be there in the first place, but got traded to him. Um, so maybe he's also wants to move on to a different team. So um, yeah, both of those players in situations where, and I, I don't think Washington would mind necessarily losing Ark. Ark's Ark did did fine. He was okay. Um, but the next one's huge, Joe. London, London Spitfire, season one champions, season two, top eight. But they have decided, no, this wasn't good enough, and they have dropped guard, Nuss, Birdrang, and one of their coaches, Jayfield. Those are some pretty big names there, Joe. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy. Yeah, this dropped literally like as we were starting to record. Um, and yeah, that that's just a little bit insane, honestly. <laughs> uh, I mean, just thinking about how big uh, these guys have been. I mean, Nuss has been around since season one. Birdring obviously has been around since season one um, in lots of ways. Um I mean, Birdring and Profit were compared back and forth um, as, like, stars of the team. Um, um, and, and Guard, of course, brought in this season. Uh, I think he was there basically the whole season, maybe for three stages or something. Um, but uh, obviously it was, it was huge for London, in, um, particularly in the stages that they did well uh, when they were playing lots of Sombra. Um, Garb was their, their somber specialist and just wrecking face. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know exactly what um, plants London have with this. I mean, uh, Birdring, I guess, is, is LFT. I can't imagine he'll retire. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure somebody's going somebody's yeah. gonna to want to pick him up. Um, but yeah, London dropping two of their three DPS players. Um, I, I was telling you earlier, I kind of wonder if this means... Uh, there's a little more credence potentially for um, rumors we've heard about, you know, potentially uh, London interested in picking up Carpe uh, off of the Philadelphia Fusion uh, or something like that. I, I've seen that um, several times, um, like on Reddit and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's a really big change, like you said, just to 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 k- kick off uh, what they call F5 season already. <laughs> um, that, that yeah that like i don't even know i'm sure like as as i keep processing it i'll realize how insane this actually is but um uh, but yeah that's a really big uh move for london for sure yeah um and it's interesting because going into this off season compared to last off season where we had eight new teams to talk about and all their moves and i i was going into this off season being like well this one's not going to be as exciting we're probably a lot of these teams might look the same. We're not going to have as many moves. And immediately London's like, you're wrong, John. We're dropping three of our 
pretty good players here. Um, yeah, I think all three of these players easily are probably going to be on a different Overwatch League team next year. I think they're all still Overwatch League talent, um, especially Bird Ring. Like, someone is definitely picking up Bird Ring. That guy's good. Um, uh, yeah, all three of them are, are good players, so this is just a pretty stunning move by London. Um, and yeah, and I was looking through the Twitter replies there. Um, yeah, Prophet replying with some crying emojis. He's very sad to lose, to lose these guys clearly. Um, yeah, it's everyone's, everyone just seems very sad about They're like, oh my God, (laughs) they're gone. Uh, because I don't think anyone expected three of their, three of their good players to be trapped here. Wow. The off season kicks off with a, with a bang here, Joe. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see if who they get to replace these people. If that Carpe to London rumor is true, that is going to be one of the craziest moves of the off season. Uh, and I'll be, ex- I'll be super excited to, to talk about that on the podcast. If it happens, I, I love these big moves. Um, all right. BlizzCon is coming up. And of course, uh, every year you can, you can buy a physical ticket, actually go to the arena in Anaheim. Uh, or the convention center in Anaheim, or you could buy a virtual ticket and just watch everything online. And with the virtual ticket, you usually get in-game goodies for all the Blizzard games. Um, in previous years, Overwatch has had the skins for Bastion, I believe, and uh, there was a Winston one last year. I think. Yeah, Winston, Winston, and this year, or there was a Winston emote at least. Yeah, I definitely think there was a Winston skin. I can't remember. Uh, but this year they have two skins, and they are amazing if you are a, a World of Warcraft fan at all, or even played Hearthstone, or just know anything about the World Warcraft universe. Um, the amazing Genji and Symmetra skins. Um, it's a it's a uh, Illidan Genji skin, I believe. Um, and then what's the Symmetra skin again? It's the, yeah, Taranda. Um, so they're both purple people, Joe. They're both the purple, the purple elves, the purple druid elf people from World of Warcraft. And they look pretty cool. Which one's better, Joe? Mm. I think, um, the Genji skin is interesting to me because it looks so much unlike Genji. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's straight up just looks, it does look exactly just like the World of Warcraft character, Joe. Like it, it is like they're just putting him into this game. (laughs) Yeah. And he just happens to have shurikens in his hands. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, so, so that'll be, I think, interesting to see in game for sure. But, uh, yeah, they're both really nice. Yeah. Um, another fantastic bonus for buying that virtual ticket. Yeah, that th- these these are two of my favorite skins, especially if you. I mean, I'm I used to play Hearthstone all the time, and I know both of these, both of these. One of the one of them, Tyronda has is one of the playable classes you can play, and then Illidan is uh, a card. So, and it's a fine card. It's not that good of a card. But uh, I know these guys from that mainly. Uh, yeah, but then we got probably something. It's going to be heavily featured in next week's episode, Joe. The Contenders Gauntlet uh, is next week. 
of course, in Korea. We've talked about it in Seoul. We've talked about it on this podcast a couple times now, but it is finally coming next week. Uh, Joe, me and you, I don't think we watch too much Contenders, so I don't know how great our, our predictions would be if we did predictions for this thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. But Runaway's in it, and I know they're good. <laughs> Even Yeah. I watched, uh, they had a uh, Elo Hell Esports, they put out like a preview video sort of thing. Uh, they had Leg Day on, and I think he was saying uh, he's he's going to predict Element Mystic all the way from, from one of the lower brackets. Because we, we did talk about the format a little bit on a, a previous show that like there's two groups, and then also Runaway and um, Atlanta Academy sitting like in the actual playoffs and so they only have to have like they only have to win like three games to win the whole thing whereas everybody else has to play like eight or something Insane. but uh <laughs> uh but, but yeah the uh, leg day was saying element mystic it was his pick oh interesting element Mystic. Or, yeah leg day um yeah they got second in in korea so uh they're definitely up there but it's gonna be tough to be runaway atlanta academy i think both those teams are very good uh, I'd be interested to see if Atlanta Academy can rep rep NA pull out a win for us because this is also interesting because this is this is uh one of the first I mean besides what was the what was the one in the middle of the year called that wasn't the gauntlet uh the Atlantic and Pacific showdowns yeah Atlantic and Pacific showdowns we got to see a little a little cross uh our little international play here in contenders but now we get to see full international play um so I'm excited to see this is this is reminding me of like League of Legends Worlds or something like that where people are rooting for teams in their own region and stuff like that and I this makes me want to I can't wait to watch and and be rooting for for all the NA teams here even though I am a big runaway fan too so I wouldn't mind if they won. Um but it, it, and yeah and whoever it is or whoever does I'm sure it's going to be it's going to be huge for them uh uh, like Overwatch League Season Three related. Oh yeah, so teams are obviously going to be wa- we're going to be watching it, and teams are going to be watching it to say, hey, who who in this in this tournament can we pick up uh, and and add to our team? Um, and of course, <clears throat> Boston Uprising will be the will be the team that will be looking at teams that got like last in this tournament and saying, who's the best player on those teams? <laughs> we'll take one of those. It's true. Um, but yeah, anything else? Well, I'm excited to talk about the gauntlet with you next week, Joe. Should be a good episode. We are, I mean, if you, we said it early in the episode, but just because it's the off season doesn't mean me and Joe are on an off season. Um, absolutely. Yeah, we'll still be here. Of course, we started the show in an off season. We were born in the off season, molded by it. <laughs> we came up with with things to fill it and everything. Yeah, and I'm sure we will again. We've had this we've had this Overwatch 2 wish list on our on our on our uh, rundown for about 2 months now. So I'm sure we'll do that <laughs> finally. Um but yeah, anything else to say Joe about Grand Finals about anything before I I sign off here? Uh let's see. I mean, uh yeah, the gauntlet starts, I don't know if we explicitly said next Wednesday, the 9th. Uh, it's a five-day event through that Sunday, the thirteenth. Um, should be good. Yep, should be good. And it's on Twitch, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, exciting. Um, 
yeah, if you if you want to follow us on social media, my personal social media is at JWGeorgeIV on Twitter. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. Um, and then we have a show Twitter at On The Flank Show. Um, and we have an email, OnTheFlankShow at gmail.com. You can follow, you can tweet at us or email us if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about course you're listening to this podcast but if you'd like to listen to it in a different way on a on a different platform you can go to on hyphen the hyphen flank dot pinecast dot co you can go to my personal youtube channel john george you're most likely going to find that on my twitter uh we are on apple Podcasts, spotify and we are on google play thank you guys for listening and uh get ready for that gauntlet next week <laughs>